Welcome to Inspiring Women with Lori McGraw. I am your host, Lori McGraw. I have spent the past 30 years in leadership, and over the years, I've come to learn one thing. Women need women, and not just any women, but inspiring women. Tune in every week to hear from women at the pinnacle of their careers and from others who are just starting out. Episodes can be found at inspiringwomen.show or subscribe on your favorite podcast app. Thanks for listening, and I hope you will be inspired. This is Inspiring Women, and I am Lori McGraw. I am speaking with Alex McLeod and Jennifer Catella today, who are two technology leaders at InterSystems, which is a global technology data and analytics company. And I'm really excited to speak with Alex and Jennifer this morning because we met as they are starting an employee group for women at InterSystems as they look to retain and help the professional career development of women within their company. And so Alex and Jennifer, thank you for being on Inspiring Women. Super excited to be here. Thank you for having us. Yeah, this is going to be this is going to be great because I think that so many women talk about just professional development groups as being so important to their careers, just the networking as well as learning from others. And so I'm just going to be um, enjoying hearing sort of how this started. But why don't we start as I always do on inspiring women talking about each of you and um, maybe Alex, just you know what are you doing right now, day to day as your role as a director leader um, at InterSystems? Sure. I actually work on the product team for our healthcare suite of products, and I run anything that's commercial or field-facing. So I work with the product teams, and then on the other side, the field engineers and the customers to kind of figure out best use cases and applicability for the products, commercial offerings, packaging, and making sure that we you know, apply them to their problems in such a way that it makes sense. You've been you've been at InterSystems for a while, right, Alex? Yeah, 21 years if I count my internship years. So it's it's been a ride, you know, but I, I do think it speaks for the company that I've been here so long because I get bored pretty quickly and I haven't yet. <laughs> That's awesome. Congratulations. Jennifer, how about you? Yes, I am the manager of our track care. Uh, product. Tracker is an electronic healthcare system that we develop and sell globally. So I am the manager of the quality development team here in the U.S. We focus on the testing and um, we're helping with the design of the product and uh, supporting the, the software development. Great. And how, how long have you been there, Jennifer? Yeah, I've been here for four years. Uh, my background is actually as a clinical pharmacist. So I've taken a, a weird route to come into the IT world, but I, I'm loving it. The company has given me an opportunity to grow and, and uh, find value in my work. Well, I think it's always so important for companies who are delivering technology in healthcare, both, you know, domestically as well as internationally, to have clinicians, you know, at the forefront of the development of these products. I mean, there aren't enough clinicians sort of doing that. So um, that's just wonderful. What about you, Alex? I and mean, even though it's been 21 years, how, what was your route to technology and then landing at InterSystems? So it's actually funny, I, I did go to college for computer science, but I did like a double major computer science and business management. And I started in support, technical support. Uh, so it was very hands-on. 
I never thought that was my calling, but I actually enjoyed kind of getting the technical background uh, and being in the environment and getting to know the products. And then I discovered like this mixture of being technical and out with customers through sales engineering, which is one of the roles we have here. And I spent a long time there uh, in that department, making my way up into the management level, basically, uh, before I ended up on the product team, still kind of doing the same thing, but at a more global scale and more closer to the product, I guess. So I've had a couple of different roles here and kind of seen the company through a few different lenses, which is interesting. Well, the company's been around for 44 years. Intersystems, Massachusetts-based company, um, you know, founded in 1986, 44 years ago. Um, and you know, back then, it, 86, I don't think uh, Massachusetts was considered a technology hub by you know any any dimension. Um, even though I would consider it more of that um, today. So, what what is the culture of the company? Who wants to lead off with that? Yeah, I'll take that one, Lori. So one of the things that I appreciate most about InterSystems is that they really seem to care about each person. They really want you to feel like you're part of their family and what they've uh, grown as a company. And in it, along in those lines, they are very particular about who they hire. Uh, we have a, a very rigorous um, process where we we really make sure that we're hiring somebody who's very innovated, motivated, and they uh, want to excel in their career. So the people that I work with are extremely competent and reliable and really a joy to work with. And to, for the company to combine that with really caring about me as a person, they have different perks to be able to include my family in my work life and uh, have different family outings. So it's, it's really a great place to work and uh, feel like your work and your life matter at the same time. Well, and that sounds like an incredible company commercial. And I just want to let our audience know that this is not um, a plugged by interest <laughs> um, pod podcast. And so maybe, you know, the, um, so that's the culture of today. And Alex just said, you know, with your 20 plus years there, how is it, how's it evolved? Well, good question, right? Because when I started, I think we had 200 people worldwide so I actually knew everyone. <laughs> I knew every single person. It was quite the family feel. Uh, and we were excited, you know, because we were kind of being successful, but hadn't grown as much yet. Now we're over 1,700 people. I don't, you know, don't quote me on the exact number, but we're somewhere in that scale. So there's been incredible growth, obviously. And it's harder with that many people because you don't know every single person anymore, right? So you can't, it still has that family feel, but I think now you need a little bit more intention, I guess, to make sure, like Jen said, that you're taking people's feelings and personal lives into account. How are the women feeling? Are we retaining them? You know, because you can't, you, you just don't know everyone personally anymore. Um, so it still has that same feel, just bigger uh, and requiring, I guess, a different approach to how we make sure that people are happy and staying. Uh, and that, you know, goes beyond just women, I guess. 
Well, yeah, I think there's so much discussion um, in companies and culture and focus on diversity, equity, inclusivity um, within um, organizations. And as a technology-oriented company, we've certainly, um, you know, are spending a lot of time talking about DEI these days. So is that an important focus at InterSystems? Um, is it a, has it always been a focus or is it a new focus? It certainly is, uh, a, there's a lot of investment of energy going on that. Um, in most tech, technically oriented companies today? Right, so um, I would say we're early on still with the formal formal kind of DEI initiative, right? So right now we are serious about it and there's a lot of kind of enthusiasm around it. Um, like for example, uh, we have some executive leaders that are really invested in this and that bring outside experience into the company too with their, their background. So they have kind of championed it over the last couple of years, I would say. And, you know, we didn't have anything formal around it, no governance, you know, no ERGs. Uh, so when the kind of initiative was started, it was asked, like, who wants to volunteer to be involved to help make this successful, make it into something real. And we thought we would get like 30 or 40 people volunteering. We got over 200. So it's clearly something that people care about. <laughs> We brought in outside consultants that have a lot of experience with how to set up the governance around this. So we're doing that right now. So next year, I would say the answer is going to be a little different. Uh, so I would say it's all been informal with what Jen and I have been doing, for example. Um, but we're getting to a more uh, structured place. I, I want to dive into that, you know, in a bit, just because I think that, you know, like how to take action and, you know, how to form these, you know, sometimes they're called affinity groups, sometimes they're, um, they can be much more than that, but they're certainly powerful. 200 volunteers is, um, that's, you know, that's, I, I, not a surprising number, but I can, you know, you can just see so or feel the energy of team members. But if we talk about women specifically in technology, um, we, we, we know the statistics are perhaps improving, but still there's a long way to go in terms of having more women um, in the technology oriented professional, professional field. So lots of investment in STEM um, and, but there's still sort of, you know, less than 20% of engineers are women. And I'm just curious, with a global company, 1,700, let's say, employees, technology focused, what are you seeing, you know, and maybe we'll start with like, you know, like recruiting is, are you seeing slates of um, diverse candidates? Is it hard to recruit for diversity? Uh, just curious as, and that you're both managers and leaders, so you hire people. Who wants to start with that one? So we have uh, programs that we've established at InterSystems. They are campus-based programs in order to give candidates the opportunity to rotate through different areas of the company. And then they can find the right match for them based on the, the department they've been in. This is one of the ways that we try to attract not just women, but um, any, you know, any diverse group or uh, students that are interested in the IT field, but maybe don't know exactly which department they would interview with specifically. So we are finding that we're getting more female candidates coming from university. But uh, like you said, I mean, it's still um, an area where the STEM field needs to be uh, developed and increased. The, the other place where we are finding that we're getting female candidates are in our healthcare 
focused um, parts of the company. So within TrackCare, we, um, because we're very uh, user-based, it's a, a software that are, is being used within the hospital healthcare uh, setting. We have women that are nurses, pharmacists, doctors, uh, laboratory technicians or managers, and that's really helping us to become more diverse and have a more uh, equitable gender group. Uh, we have several several groups that are global as well because it's a global product. Uh, so across the globe, we we are seeing more and more women joining the company. And it's interesting because I feel like we're trying to get in as early as we can. Um, with the colleges, with some of the recruitment events or like Grace Hopper or something, you know, where you can go and particularly kind of try to inspire women and show them what they can do in that field. I sometimes feel like that even is too late, but it's hard to get to them before, right? So even like in STEM in general, there's just, this pool is small and I have a daughter, you know, she's five. So, uh, it's a little early. My husband tried to slow me down there, but I want to prepare her to think if she's interested in this, she can go down that route, you know, so that at some point in college, someone will recruit her. But you've got to start almost earlier. Um, and I hope that's becoming more of a thing now in society, you know. How does geography play a play into this? And, and I say this from, a, you know, obviously Silicon Valley has been so hot and so known for tech for so many years, but that's evolving as, you know, we've heard about, you know, larger companies moving to different um, locations, whether it's Austin, we've seen some move to Miami, um, you know, and so how does sort of both being a global company uh, make you attractive to younger, younger people, as well as, you know, is uh, the Massachusetts area considered a tech technology hotbed? What, what, what are you hearing from um, uh, team members? So I think that's a very good question. I think our location in Boston certainly is uh, an advantage, not just as a technology hub, but as Jen said, as kind of a healthcare hub, you know, like the, we have like the best care, you know, possible. Uh, we have a lot of different health systems here that are massive. So there's a lot of people with a clinical background too, that are looking to get into, you know, informatics or something like that. So that's easier for us here with the headquarters being here. With us being a global company, um, I think that is attractive for people in general to you know, not be so focused on like one particular thing because there's a lot of opportunity here in terms of where these customer projects are and the customers that we're working with are changing too, right? If you think of the healthcare ecosystem, it's not just providers anymore, there's pharma and stuff like that. And those are global companies. Um, and with us kind of catering to those types of organizations, I think it's quite exciting. It's an exciting field to work in, you know, and I think that helps in attracting women. Not that we have figured it out yet, but I think it helps. Well, I, I agree with that. I mean, I'll tell you, I so was speaking with a very accomplished executive um, the other day, and she's just like, you know, she's been in, um, she's been in healthcare technology for over 30 years. And her comment is, you know, $4 trillion of the economy, and it is a bottomless pit of learning. And um, I, I, I just wholeheartedly uh, agree with that. 
Maybe let's turn to what you are both doing at Intrasystems in terms of creating, we'll call it, an, I don't know if you call it an employee resource group or, you know, what, what it is, but how we first met was because you are forming a, whether an affinity group or some sort of professional development group for the female or people who identify as women employees of Intrasystem. So how did that start? How, how did the two of you become involved to lead that kind of initiative? So it kind of organically grew, funnily enough. Um, so there wasn't a plan around this. Jen and I happened with a couple of other colleagues um, to be doing like a leadership training, like agile training that was, it was during COVID. So it stretched from like three full-time days in person to being like, you know, a couple of hours a day virtually. I think over two weeks and then Jen and I really enjoyed the program and uh, pushed and were supported in doing like an applied practice program that took us further for like a six month uh, kind of endeavor with this external external leadership program. Um, and because we were so connected through doing a program, the two of us kept meeting regularly. Uh, we met with external women through that and we kind of said, you know, it's nice that we're catching up there was a, a third woman from the company involved and we had these like regular lunch meetings where we just giving tips and tricks to each other and we said it would be nice if we could expand this somehow and DEI was starting to be a big focus in general uh, so we said well you know we don't have an official governance around this but why don't we start small and we called it like the inner systems women's network so we literally just started a team's group invited like a handful of people to start with. And then it, it grew and grew. So now there's over hundred women in it already. And we did things like bring in external speakers like yourself. Um, we founded some mentorship pairings, um, either like groups that meet regularly or one-on-one -on -one mentorship relationships. We did some round tables on different topics. So things like, you know, career development or what do you need to do to become a product manager or is leadership the right career path for you or how do you balance being a mother with a career, uh, things like that. We have a couple of women that are going to uh, a, a women leadership conference in July. So it's like little things um, and it kind of just happened naturally, but it, se it seems to be helping. <laughs> Well, what's the reaction? So, I mean, I think I think those sound like big things to me. Um, and I will tell you, early in my career, there were not those types of networks to join um, that I know I could have found very useful um, at the time. So, what, what's the reaction from the people who are part of the Intersystems Women's Network? I I think the reaction has been very positive, and and I think Alex would echo the it's as as small as somebody who so i attended the uh, one of the round tables the being a mother and uh, career because i have two children and since then i've had individual people approach me and ask if they could have lunch with me and just have a chat with me and and see if uh, they could i could kind of help strike uh, some of the ideas that they have and as large as having, you know, the speaker series and and having the the some of the VPs in the company uh, really take notice, and they're the ones who nominated some of the women to attend this uh, women's leadership conference that that Alex was just mentioning. So it's really, um, really, you know, become a a positive thing where uh, everybody's uh, kind of 
jumping on the train and uh, and also coming up with their own ideas, right? So Alex and I and um, this other woman, we really kind of got things uh, rolling, but there have been other women that have volunteered to initiate the mentorship groups and, you know, send surveys out to other women and uh, just take other initiatives to keep it, keep it moving along. I feel like it helps us too, because, and like you, Laurie, I, as I was kind of early in my career, there was no such thing. Right. I always feel like there wasn't even mentorship officially. I just learned by watching people and learning what I liked and what I disliked, you know, but that was kind of it. Now, for example, I have two mentees that I work with and it's fascinating a to see do they have concrete ideas where they want to go or they just know they want more you know and I'm and I'm and they're they're doing something completely different within a company than myself so I'm actually learning from them too I feel like it's a give and take they're probably just looking to me to help them but I feel like they're helping me uh because we're all learning in this because we're early on you know well, I think it's also interesting. You mentioned, um, Jennifer, that you know you have the support of company leadership for um, this group. Are there other groups like this, or is this a, a, a first of what may be others, or is that to be determined? Yeah, this is really the first, but Alex and I have talked about this a lot, where we can see this really growing and developing into other type of um to, for other other groups, um, other diverse groups within the company, where where people can use our model as a precedence and um, kind of take it and go their route with it. Have there have there been any what what types of things have resonated or you know so you've got a lot of different sort of program elements so far it seems that you're experimenting with what what is resonating with um, with the members of the network. It's hard to pinpoint one thing, but I, I would say something that kind of spans all of these efforts is that a lot of women don't even have, they don't have visibility of them. Like they don't have visibility within the company. They don't have visibility of some or access to some of the leaders, like even to ourselves, you know, and this is kind of fostering and nurturing that. Um, so just the networking aspect, I think is huge. Uh, because then people become more confident to, for example, knock on Jen's door and say, you know what, I, we haven't touched base before, but now I really want your opinion or your advice. So I think that's huge. They have really appreciated the outside perspectives too, um, because it's easy to just get, you know, we're all very busy day to day and you, you're in your little uh, cocoon. Um, to, so to get an outside perspective from leaders like you or others that we've had on a series and with different backgrounds shows them what's possible. Yeah, and I would add to the the one thing that I've learned coming into an IT company is that a lot of the the women that we have here are extremely intelligent, but they tend to have a, a more introverted personality, right? So you add an introverted personality with maybe some of the more um, sensitivities that might come along with being a, a woman. And you're just, they seem to be just a little bit less likely to speak up or take uh, an opportunity that might present itself. So I feel like we're really starting to empower the women to have a voice and volunteer and take the opportunity and reach out where they now know they can reach out. And do the, do the groups span um, geographies, uh, you know, offices and different locations? Do you, or is it mainly focused in one location at this juncture? 
It did start just within the, our Cambridge office, uh, but we do have women in other locations. One of the mentees in, in my mentorship group is from the UK. And uh, it's, it's been great because we're, you know, not only getting a female, you know, perspective on the specific topic we're talking about, but now we have a more global, uh, a different cultural perspective that's being brought into the group. Yeah, one of my mentees is from Germany as well. So it is definitely global. Um, although I think at some point as this grows, uh, we'll certainly open it up to say, okay, maybe we should have some regional efforts too and have like a regional champion that, you know, kind of pushes it forward in that location specifically. As you, as you move um, through the programming, I mean, when you bring together groups like this, it's inevitable that you're going to hit some of the issues that women face in the work uh, workplace, things like, how do I go about getting a promotion, or I don't feel that I'm being heard in the right way. Well, how are you handling what is the inevitable of what might be HR issues or policy issues um, that might be discussed um, in these types of groups? Do you have a way of redirecting those, um, you know, for for um, issues that you as individual leaders cannot handle? That's a very, a very interesting question. I'm not actually sure there is like a, well, a policy issue. I guess, you know, we all have kind of an open door policy. So I would welcome any of my mentees to kind of speak up if they see any issues with getting promoted. Although I haven't heard anything that's specific, like usually, the, you know, where I see that issue is just that, you know, the confidence is lacking or we don't know how to advocate for yourself or put yourself in a position where you're visible enough that an opportunity passes by and you can jump on and say yes, you know, don't say no, like take on more responsibility and then automatically get you to a point where a promotion becomes natural. Um, if there was an actual issue I think we, and that's not related to just women, we do have the structure set up internally where we have people we can trust uh, that, can, that can look at that from a policy perspective, but it hasn't happened yet. Yeah, I think that those are just, I, to me, that those are just sort of in, you know, eventually there'll be some discussion and some company policy might want to be changed. And I'm not, I'm not in any way pointing out, you know, any deficits, just the sort of inevitable so that you are already have the pathways to, um, to have the right conversation, you know, directed to the right place within the company sounds excellent. And I think that that's, you know, something um, for other, other, organizations who are thinking about implementing ERDs. I mean, I'm a huge fan um, of the employee resource groups within companies. I think they give employees a voice and an, um, a place, but to be naturally to think about what if someone wants to change, I don't know, usually their HR policies or um, some, something like that. And, you know, what is never feels great is just to have a group of people who are just frustrated about a common thing without a place to put that um, put that voice. It's great that you're already thinking about that. Yeah, and I think that'll become, so right now we have that framework in general. I think that'll become more specific once we set up the DEI governance structure, et cetera, then there'll be a way to you know, have, for example, an official women's ERG um, where we can handle that through a sponsor or through someone from the DEI committee, for example, I don't know exactly what it'll look like, but I'm sure it'll become more specific. Um, but I do think we already have those options, you know, um, even with this kind of 
unofficial women's network that Jen and I have been doing. HR, for example, has been great because my main concern with doing this is, you know, we're we're not, you know, professionals at this. We don't know what right. we're doing. Like, I don't have any <laughs> DEI experience, so I'm always nervous that I'm going to exclude someone accidentally, offend someone. So I've been running ideas, for example, by HR, and they've been super supportive uh, and giving advice while kind of letting me run free. <laughs> Same for Jen, I would think. So I, I felt very supportive in that area. That's awesome. What so? What are you planning? What what's sort of like next up? Uh, you've been doing this for what almost a year now. What are the big plans that you're thinking about? So I, I the um, having a more official governance, as Alex has been talking about, would be uh, probably the ideal situation. Uh, we do know and think that that's possible because we've been having a lot of executive sponsors helping us with this. And, and Alex has said HR has been extremely responsive. So we really want to continue with it and, and maybe do like a little bit more of a deep dive on our retention and our recruitment pipeline. So if we, the women that we have, you know, why are they leaving the company or you know how how can we recruit female um, STEM <laughs> undergrads or, or even experienced developers uh, uh, more more frequently and and figure out how to attract them. Right, I think you know right now what we're doing works on hopefully retaining people or the people that are here that they're happy. But as Jen said, we have information from exit interviews that we could analyze, and by we I mean whoever you know has the authority to view those, but to see is there like a common theme when women leave? Do they even leave more than men? I don't, I don't have the answer to that right now, right? And then if we look at the recruitment pipeline, is the pool just so small that we're getting? Are we getting a big pool and it's falling off somewhere in the pipeline or in the recruitment process? We want to analyze some of that stuff to see where we can improve. Well, I think to just, you know, having the opportunity to have a proactive place where people can, you know, a safe space to voice um, their opinions. I mean, look, let's face it, you know, when people are working, that's a huge part of their life. I believe that most people who are working want to advance um, with career opportunities. So I applaud you both for, you know, putting the extra effort in to create this space and opportunity for your other team members. I'm sure it is greatly appreciated the fact that you've got 200 volunteers just when, you know, that was um, offered to even begin discussing, um, you know, forming these types of groups is um, really speaks volumes to, uh, to the desire from your other team members. As we close out, this is, I really appreciate both sharing um, these insights, Jennifer and Alex, if you any closing advice, perhaps to others who might be thinking about forming a similar type of group within their companies. Um, that you might leave our audience with? So from my perspective, it's, you know, it, it's been hugely helpful just to have like-minded people. So just having Jen and, you know, the other individual who unfortunately couldn't make it today to kind of bounce things off of, it was almost like a microcosm of what we then grew this into. Um, so just think about what you yourself want out of your relationships and that, you know, project that out, extrapolate that out, that helps we're all human beings. Uh, we all have different types of motivations of where we want to get to, but that networking and the feeling that you're not alone and that you can do stuff together um, to achieve something, I think that's huge. 
Yeah, and I think most companies really welcome innovation and ideas, right? And so if if I have an idea, somebody wants to hear it, and that idea doesn't have to be specifically re related to the software that I'm developing. It can be about the the ideas I have in the workplace and and helping the company to be more diverse. So it's uh, it's something that as as women or um, any gender that you should feel like you have an idea and 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 express it and be able to share share that and and find other people like you to be able to um, expand that idea. Well, I really appreciate both of you for um, both sharing your experience and your enthusiasm um, for what you've created with this women's network at your global organization. And so this has been an excellent, inspiring women conversation. I have been speaking with Alex McLeod and Jennifer Catella, who on their own formed um, with other team members at Intersystems, the Intersystems Women's Network, and Jennifer and Alex, thank you so much. It's my pleasure. Thank you. Thank you so much for hosting us. This has been an episode of Inspiring Women with Lori McGraw. Please subscribe, rate, and review. We are produced by Kate Cruz at Executive Podcast Solutions. More episodes can be found on inspiringwomen.show. I am Lori McGraw, and thank you for listening.